What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith from ESPN. This is former world champion boxer Showtime Sean Porter. Hey, this is Kobe Gibson. I'm Josh Creed. Hi, this is Joe Tate, voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And you're listening to Sports Power Talk. You listen to Sports Power Talk. And keep listening, or it'll be wham with a right hand. Ladies and gentlemen, live from the University of Akron, WZIP Sports presents... The best sports talk show this side of Lake Erie. No question, with all due respect. This is Sports Power Talk. With the latest in sports news. Your Akron Zips are the 2022 MAC champions. The Zips have defeated the Kent State Electric Chicken. In-depth analysis. Astrology for women is equal to what Joe Rogan is for men. <laughs> have you ever tried DMT? <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the hottest takes. He's just bad. Let me tear your labrum and you can go on the... You know what? (laughs) It's only game. Why you have to be mad? Just the same old Browns! You know, bro. Hard-run pitch. I think that was textbook top cheese. Cleveland! This is for you! From the best that Ohio sports has to offer... To the best of the Akron Zips. Now, it's time for SPT. Ladies and gentlemen from Northeast Ohio and beyond, this is the best sports talk show there is, was, and ever will be. This is Sports Power Talk live from the University of Akron. My name is Jake Murren, and I'm once again the host of the show. Joining me today are two analysts. One great, the other not so much. First, he's an Akron super fan who unfortunately likes the black and yellow. It is Pat Weber. Go guards, baby. Go guards. And now the not-so-good analyst. It's been a very long time since we've been on the show together because we just simply had to be separated for a while. It's Mr. Heat Culture himself, Logan Congrove. Good morning, evil Mr. Murren. <laughs> good morning, evil Mr. Congrove. It's been a while. It has been a while. I'm expecting to And I'm very glad to be, to be back, especially with a fantastic guards win and an NBA segment, which you know... I'm very excited. Oh, yeah. Things are going to get dicey in that segment. As always, you can expect nothing short of a fantastic show today. We'll end it as we have for the past five weeks by talking about week six of the NFL. We'll talk Browns, Patriots, predict every game today and more. Before that, while everyone is paying attention to the NFL and the MLB, the NBA actually tips off this week. We'll talk halves, give some award and final season predictions, and of course, answer all of your questions from our Twitter page at WZIP Sports in Hot Mike. It's not too late to become a part of the show, everyone, so go ask any and all questions. Now, I made an audible before today's show. In the outline, in the plan, We were going to talk Zips football and winners and losers for college football right out of the gate. But guess what? I don't want to talk Zips football right now. That can wait another half an hour. What can't wait is the Cleveland Guardians. What can't wait is the Guardiac kids. What can't wait is the performance of the youngest team in all of baseball. What can't wait is the team that has their season alive longer than the defending champion Braves in the best record Dodgers. What can't wait is SpongeBob SquarePants. Let's talk about the Cleveland Guardians, their postseason run, and the performance of Oscar Gonzalez last night in Game 3 of the ALDS. It was nothing short of magic at the corner of Carnegie and Ontario, and it was an instant classic that nobody will forget for a very, very long time. So let's get into Game 3 
of the ALDS guys, Oscar Gonzalez. I could I could rack off everything that happened until that ninth inning. The rookies played fantastic. Quan, even Arias, first postseason at bat, double down the line. Amazing play from our rookies. We're the Guardiac kids for a reason, but Oscar Gonzalez. Bases loaded. Two outs. Two strikes against him. Down by one. Bottom of the ninth. Two-run single up the middle. I mean, it does not get much better than that. The Guardians have won four of their five postseason games this year. And Oscar Gonzalez, a rookie who wasn't even ranked highly in our farm system to begin the season, has delivered the game-winning hit in three of them. I could talk about this man for all two hours of today's show. What did you guys make of Oscar SpongeBob Gonzalez? So I actually have a funny story about Oscar SpongeBob Gonzalez. I was formerly employed by the Akron Rubber Ducks as a mascot. I was the Rubber Duck. And our entrance to the field was through the dugout. And back when Oscar Gonzalez was playing for the Rubber Ducks in our farm system, he would make it a point every single game to either try and trip me, he would try and take my hat off my head and laugh and point, he would chase me, and of course, as we all saw in the postgame interview, if you didn't know, Oscar doesn't speak fluent English. So everything he said, I couldn't even understand what he was saying. I just laughed, and he would just run around, he would just mess with me, and I thought it was hilarious. And it's super cool to see this guy succeeding now, especially on a stage like this. So yes, as you said, fantastic play from Oscar Gonzalez, especially coming from the farm system when he wasn't even ranked that highly. So yeah, I remember... I have another kind of rubber duck story because I was also employed by the rubber ducks over the summer. Uh, I worked as a ticketing intern, but sometimes I would see myself out in the outfield helping as an usher. And I want to say it was Oscar when he was on his rehab uh, late in the season. And I almost got hit by a home run that he hit. (laughs) I was walking up and down Tiki Terrace and a ball landed a solid probably like three feet away from me. And I just kind of like turn around because I'm like, who hit that? Because I was trying to get these kids out of the... You know, t- out of Tiki Terrace and not supposed to be there and I just look around I'm like who hit that and then I realized it was Oscar and I was like oh well, I almost died but <laughs> I, I love Oscar I mean last night I was screaming the entire time it's the big O you can't you can't pitch anything to Oscar Gonzalez because he's going to win the game yeah I was working the game for a different radio station and I was pacing around the studio I was freaking out Um, Of course, my favorite player on the Guardians, Josh Naylor, was up right before him. Josh Naylor struck out, and I was thinking to myself, I'm never going to hear the end of this because Naylor had the opportunity. A sack fly would have at least tied the game, and Oscar Gonzalez comes up to bat. I am freaking out. My heart is racing. I'm pacing around this studio, and he gets the two-run single. I'm freaking out in the studio. A fellow WZIP member who works at the same radio station, Joe, was in a different studio, and he was on air while I was screaming in the studio right next to him. I think I probably messed him up on air, but that was all good and fun. He came in, and we celebrated the win together. It's a moment I will never forget. And Oscar Gonzalez, we thank him for not only last night and that memory, but his performance this postseason, a stat via Sarah Lang's. Oscar Gonzalez joined David Ortiz as the only players in MLB history to have three go-ahead hits in the ninth inning or later in postseason history. And do I need to remind everyone again that this guy is a rookie? (laughs) This guy is a rookie. I mean, last night listening to Tom Hamilton on the radio, there was a call, and he's going emphatic about these kids. These kids are at it again. They've done it again. Can you believe these kids 
I believe it was after the Brennan RBI single in the sixth. And I can't believe these kids. We've been doubted all year long. Youngest team in baseball, like I said at the top of the show. And we're doing what we're doing. It's an incredible story. I can't get enough of the Guardiac kids. What do you make of just our rookies, Oscar Gonzalez, Stephen Kwan, Gabriel Arias last night, Will, or, yeah, Will Brennan too. I mean, all of these rookies are playing fantastic. I mean, like you said, the Guardiac kids, I love them. We're the youngest team in the MLB, and we also have one of the lowest payrolls. And we are currently winning a series against the third highest paying team in the entire MLB. And we are 28th in payroll. It's actually quite it's quite absurd that our team is this good at this point in the season. At the start of the season, I would not have told you that we would be here right now. No way. And it's very impressive to see guys like Quan Gonzalez, who are rookies, being contributing members to a team that is currently beating a team that has a guy that has hit 62 home runs more now, but we won't talk about that on their roster. It's it's extremely impressive. If you told me at the beginning of the season that the Guardians season would be alive longer than the Braves and the Dodgers, I would have laughed in your face. I, would have I actually you remember you saying there's no way that the Guardians make it that far at the beginning of the season. Nobody thought that way. I think we all have the Guardians finishing like around 500, which we were all okay with because yeah. like, you know, it's a rebuilding stage, but then you look at us and as of right now, we are top of the AL. Like, at this point in time, nobody can beat us. Maybe it's insane. The Astros might have something to say about that, but I, I largely I agree with 18 you. 18 innings, though? That is 18 innings. I mean, they got it done. We had to go 15 against the Rays in the wild card. I mean, yeah, but... You got to do what you got to do. Pitching but that was, is, that was 15. The, theirs was 18, so, you know. I mean, sure, but... Astros. <laughs> I mean, what are you trying to argue there? They're the ALCS for the sixth time in a row. I'm telling you, if we finish out the series and we move on... We're going to the World Series. Like, there's nobody that's going to stop us. It, it depends. I mean, we'll get into it, but if we go to a Game 5 and then we have to turn around and play on Wednesday in Game 1, who knows what our pitching looks like because we're probably going to have to empty everything and more in a Game 5, especially with pitchers yet to be announced, and who knows who's really going to be available for that game. Um, of course, we'll get to that in a second, but, yeah, I think the Houston Astros has something to say about that, but, man, the Guardians... They're a fun team. Like I said, the Braves and the Dodgers are sitting at home right now. They sent out the tweet, thank you for the fans this whole entire season. And the Guardians are alive. And not only are the Guardians alive, but the Guardians are alive and up 2-1 in an ALDS series against the Yankees. I, I get emotional just thinking about the <laughs> moment last night. There are videos on social media that I have saved to my phone and will never forget. The photo from the apartment miles away from the stadium, and you Unreal. can hear Cleveland erupt. The entire city was on fire. I absolutely love Cleveland. I absolutely love the Guardians. I could not be happier to talk about this fan base, about this city, and all these sports teams. And the Guardians, of course, I wish them the best of luck. And via ESPN Stats, I had to include this as well because the Yankees, we all hate them. The Yankees were 167-0 and in postseason history when leading by multiple runs, entering the ninth inning. And now, thank, thanks to the Cleveland Guardians in the bat of Oscar Gonzalez, they're now 167-1. and Wow. In that stat. Wow. In the videos on social media, too, I tweeted one out of Yankee fans being miserable 
after that Oscar Gonzalez hit, you absolutely love to see it, especially after the media coverage of these games. Bob Costas is sitting in the media booth talking about how Garrett Cole can be ready for the Houston Astros series because we're down by two. Eh. Has Bob Costas been watching the Guardians all season long? Does he not know that the Guardiac kids' mentality is to come back? Does he not know that the Guardians play the best in the seventh inning and later? That is our brand of baseball, and I'm so happy that it turned out last night, and I could not be more happy about the Guardians right now. And you know what? Let's move up the playoff player of the week segment because I think we can all agree on this one, or at least I hope we can all agree on this one. Of course, everyone knows by now, if you've been a listener for a while, each of us picks one MLB player to feature for player of the week, regardless of position, and could be for accomplishments on or off the field. Of course, we're in the playoffs, so this is a special playoff player of the week segment. And I'll give this a count of three, guys. We'll all say it. You know what to do. Three, two, one. Oscar, Oscar Gonzalez. Gonzalez. Thank you, guys. <laughs> I mentioned the historic stats. He's having a historic postseason. And while the Guardians have gotten him in the position to deliver in big moments, it's Oscar Gonzalez who's actually delivering. And he's accountable for three of our four postseason wins so far, including the win last night that I will never forget. But let's talk about the Guardians-Yankees ALDS series. And let's talk about game four tonight at 7.07 p.m. It'll be Garrett Cole pitching for the Yankees. In game one, he went 6.1 innings, gave up four hits, one earned run that came from the solo home run off the bat of Stephen Kwan, another rookie on this team. And he had eight strikeouts against the Guardians. Cal Quantrill will also be on the mound tonight for the Guardians in game one against Cole. He went five innings, gave up four hits, and three earned runs on two home runs. But Cal Quantrill, unbeaten, at Progressive Field in his career. What do you guys think about Game 4 tonight? This series isn't leaving Cleveland. We're winning tonight, and we're moving on. I would agree. I think that the momentum is just with the Guardians right now, and I think the Yankees are shocked at the ability of this young team to close out games, and the Yankees are unable to do that, as we've seen the past two games. I think that it's just going to be tough for the Yankees to win in Cleveland, just like it's tough for people to go win in New York, although the Guardians did that. I think Cleveland is a tough place to win. It really is. It's a very underrated environment. And I think that it's very difficult for away teams, especially with the chance to close out to win in Cleveland. So I think that this one's going to go to the Guardians as well. Yeah, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't nervous about Carrot Cole on the mound tonight. Of course, he was great in Game 1. And what I noticed in Game 1, you know, the Guardians got to Garrett Cole early. And while we weren't really scoring, I mean, Quan had that solo home run, yes, but we were racking up his pitch count early. We were staying disciplined at the plate, and then all of a sudden, we became undisciplined. And we were swinging at balls that should have been balls instead of strikes and letting Garrett Cole work into the sixth inning when really, at first, it looked like he might not get past the fourth Mm -hmm. or fifth. And that's kind of a trend I've seen all series long. Last night, we were pretty good at staying off some pitches but even Luis Severino last night we got his pitch count high in those first two innings had three hits in each one of those innings and then we let him settle in we got undisciplined at the plate again swung at pitches that shouldn't have been swung at and let him settle in so tonight against Garrett Cole I want to see the same approach at first but keep that approach throughout the game get this to the Yankees pen as soon as you can the Yankees bullpen is tired They're exhausted after Game 2. They're going to be exhausted after Game 3 last night. And Game 4 tonight, I'm assuming they're going to be exhausted as well. And our pen, I didn't even mention, in Game 3, we didn't have to use our best three closers. 
We didn't even have to use them. Stefan, Karinczak, Class A, they're all fresh and ready to go for these last two games of this series. This series feels like it's the Guardians to win, and hopefully that happens tonight in front of Progressive Field fans. And Cal Quantrill, like I said, unbeaten at Progressive Field in his career. I am worried about Garrett Cole. Hopefully the Guardians can make some adjustments, swing at balls that should be swung at, get him out of the game early, get to the Yankees' pen, and ultimately win Game 4 and move on to the ALCS. But if needed, let's talk about a Game 5. Game 5 would take place tomorrow night at 7.37 p.m., Pitchers have yet to be announced, like I said. The Guardians might get an inning or two from Bieber. The same can be said for the Yankees with Nestor Cortez. But I can see the guards using Savali and Plesak here. And if it's a bullpen game, then I certainly like our chances in the Bronx. What do you guys think about a potential Game 5 if needed tomorrow night? I completely agree. I think that if there is a potential Game 5, that we'll still win. I mean, our bullpen is just better. There's more depth there. And I don't see us losing tonight even, but if we do... I don't see us losing the series in general. So, See, we're not going to lose tonight, so this actually, my analysis of this does not matter. But on the off chance that we were to fall tonight, I do think that the Yankees will be very depleted and tired, as we've talked about before. The bullpen for the Yankees is just not quite there right now, and that's the key to beating the Yankees is you have to get to their bullpen early. And if we end up going back to New York, well, I think it will be tougher. I do think that with the Guardians being a young team with a strong bullpen, we'll be able to pull that one out over the Yankees. They're going to be exhausted by that point. Yeah, I think the toughest aspect of Game 5 is going to be the environment. But at the same time, we won Game 2 in that same environment. I know it was a 1 o'clock game and not a 7:37 game and a winner-go-home game, which Game 5 will be if it gets to that point. But at the same time, I don't know. The Guardians are the Guardians. We're the Guardiac kids, and I am concerned about the environment in Game 5. I'm concerned about the pressure of a winner-go-home game among our rookies. But I've been worried about the pressure on these rookies all postseason long. And it's been the rookies who have blown me away. And I talked about last night's game. Arias, Quan, Brennan, Gonzalez. Gonzalez all postseason long has been phenomenal. And I'm very excited to see Game 4 play out tonight. I think Kyle Quantrill has a great chance of taking it home for the Guardians at home. I love to win it in front of our hometown fans and get the celebration underway and get prepared for the Astros starting on Wednesday, most importantly. But if it goes to a Game 5, like I said, our bullpen is more fresh. Our bullpen is simply better. We've only allowed one earned run this entire postseason, which I believe is over 18 innings of work, which came last night from a solo home run off of Bader from the Yankees. I trust our bullpen. I trust our team. I'm going to predict that we win game four tonight. We don't even need a game five. I think we make adjustments on Garrett Cole. Hopefully we get him out of out of the game early, like I said, get to their pen. And even if we're down by however many runs going into the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning, that's the Guardiac Kids brand of baseball. I think we can win. What are you guys' predictions? Pat, I know you're going to say that the Guardians are going to win game four. Logan, I'm not too sure, but Pat, take it away. Obviously, I... I know the Guardians are going to win Game 4. And one thing I do want to talk about is, like, we've done such a good job at not letting Aaron Judge do a thing. He has a worse batting average in the postseason than Austin Hedges. I I just want to let that be known, that Austin Hedges is one of the worst bats in the league, arguably one of the worst bats in the league, has a higher (laughs) batting average than Aaron Judge does in the postseason. That should be, A, embarrassing for Aaron Judge because that's just like, hey, we own you, first of all. The Guardians own you. Like, don't forget that. And, two, we're just doing such a good job of 
throwing him balls that like he just can't hit. I like it. I'm a big fan of that. We're we're changing it up a lot instead of just like you know maybe just like four fastballs in a row. No, we're doing very well at like expanding our pitch variety when we're going up against Judge, and I've noticed that a lot. Um, obviously, I think we're going to win the night, but I think we're going to do it in a dominant fashion. I think we're going to win five to one tonight, dominating Garrett Cole, dominating the Yankees, and making America happy because America is happy when the Yankees lose. Absolutely, I think. Seven through nine batters for the Guardians is really important to talk about here because they got a lot of slack for the Tampa Bay Rays series and even game one against the Yankees. But game two and three, you know, Hedges in there, even uh, Jimenez sometimes batting seventh, which is still insane to me. I think Jimenez should be batting earlier than that. Uh, Gabriel Arias last night and, of course, Miles Straw batting ninth. They've been cold, but in game two, I believe Hedges walked two or three times. He was walked twice, and I think he had that single... RBI, yeah, there, yeah. So and Hedges, he's been playing well, and Straw, he played well last night as well. I mean, these guys deserve credit getting it to the top of the lineup, getting uh, Quan in there, and Quan's been electric all postseason long as well. I think seven through nine definitely deserve credit. And like you mentioned, Aaron Judge, I believe he was zero for nine with eight strikeouts before he, he hit that two run. run home run. He had that one home run, and I was disgusted at the announcers. Yeah, he, he eventually immediately got to us. were like, "Oh, he had another home run. He's so good." If he's so good, then why is he why is he so bad the postseason then? Why does he have one hit? And yeah, it was a home run, but why does he only have one? Yeah. He I mean, can only hit home runs. He can't do anything else. I could talk about I could talk about Bob Costas all day. Um I'll refrain those uh <laughs> those thoughts for later. I believe there's a question on it for Hot Mike, so we'll 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 save our uh, Bob Costas conversation until Aaron then. Aaron Judge should not win AL MVP. That's all I have to say. He can only hit home runs. Um, That's I all mean, he can do. Postseason, postseason, uh, yeah, postseason doesn't really account for that. I'm still giving I'm Aaron saying, Judge my AL MVP. Give it to Jose. No, just give it to Jose. <laughs> well, it's Shohei or it's Judge. I mean, those are the ah, only give two it, options. Give it to Jose. Logan, <laughs> fix this conversation. Game four, game five. How do you see it going down? You know, here's what I think about the Yankees. I think that the Yankees... Eat their cereal with a fork. Seriously. <laughs> I think they eat their cereal with a fork. And I think that this game for the Guardians will be a huge win because nobody likes the Yankees and nobody wants to see them win except boring New Yorkers. So if you're listening in New York, which we do have some New York listeners, I'm sorry, but your team is going to have a very sad, sad flight home from Cleveland tonight because there won't be a game five and you won't be going back to Yankee Stadium this season. Boo-hoo. Cry about it. It's over. The we'll Guardians see. win. We'll see you next year, Yankee fans. Well, if we had any Go New York Riddance. listeners, I doubt they're listening now, Logan. <laughs> I'll say that for Have sure. a good one. <laughs> uh, good point. Um, I don't see it being like a blowout like you guys do. Um, I see it being pretty close. Garrett Cole is very talented. Hopefully we make some adjustments, get him out there early. And win tonight's game. Don't even need that game five. But if we do go to a game five, I like our chances there as well. Before we go to break and talk about Zips football, unfortunately, <laughs> let's go to the other MLB playoff series. Let's recap the ALDS between the Astros and Mariners. The Astros swept the Mariners after hitting a walk-off home run in the first game, winning the second game 4-2, to two, and then winning against the Mariners yesterday 1-0. to zero. In 18 innings, what did you make of the Astros' dominant performance in the ALDS, guys? I mean, it's no big surprise that the Astros won. I mean, let's be honest here. We kind of expect the Astros to win almost every single series that they play, so it doesn't really come as a surprise. Um, I mean, I can't really say much to the Astros. They're pretty good. I mean, 
I don't want to praise them. I refuse to praise the Astros, like, at all. But, like, I, I guess they're pretty good. Is the highest I'll go for them because I just don't like them that much. Well, a stat that I think all of us can be pretty happy about is that Jose Altuve wins 0 for 16 in that series. So Thank Oh, yeah, the trash you. can thank played like a trash can, so that's always good. Logan, any thoughts on Astros Mariners? Um, you know, they are the trash throws. I really don't like them, but they are definitely the best team, in my opinion, probably the best team in baseball right now. But I think that if the Guardians can make it through and play them, it'd be a nice series, but definitely a good win for them. The Astros are the best team in baseball right now. Long took a long time because when I got home, I wasn't home for a while for the game. I got home, and I knew that the Guardians were on TNT for a little bit. Then I got home, I was like, eh, it probably it's over by now. I hadn't checked. Turned on TBS. I was like, 18 innings? It's still not over? And then Bob Costa said, yeah, well, it's finally over. 18 innings. I was like, wow, this whole this game lasted almost as long as the entire Guardians game. They played two games. Yeah. Can you imagine the emotional roller coaster that Mariners fans were feeling through that? It was a win or go home game and they lose one to zero from a home run off the bat of Jeremy Pena. That's I mean I would feel bad for Mariners fans. Yeah. Simply I I don't. And even in (laughs) even in game one, I mean they had a huge lead and if it wasn't for the bat of Jordan Alvarez in the ninth inning, they would have gotten game one. And who knows how that affects game two and three, and then ultimately a game four that would have been needed if they won game one. Uh, ultimately, though, it is the Astros reaching their sixth consecutive ALCS, which is just insane. And I'd have to agree with you, Logan. I think they are one of the best teams in baseball, especially after considering yesterday's results as the Dodgers and the Braves are sitting at home right now. And let's get to that. Let's talk about the NLDS. Let's talk about the Braves and Phillies as the Phillies won in four games after winning game one, seven to six, game three, nine to one, and game four yesterday afternoon, eight to three. A lot of runs scored by the Phillies in this series. Bryce Harper is playing out of his mind this postseason. An entire Phillies lineup is hitting the ball very well. Playoff player of the week. I had Bryce Harper until last night seeing Oscar Gonzalez did, do what he did. They're all playing very well. What do you guys make of Braves-Phillies? Um, I want to say like I'm not very surprised that the Braves kind of fell this early. I didn't think that they were going to go back to the World Series this year at all. Um, like you said, the Phillies are playing incredible baseball right now. They might be the hottest team left in the postseason, like, easily. I think if we're going on, like, ranks of how on fire the teams are right now, it's number one is Phillies, number two is the Guardians. Yeah, the I Phillies would agree with that. Lighting it up. Did you see the picture of Bryce Harper standing in front of the Phillies fans? I don't think so. It was it was one of the coolest pictures I've ever seen. He ran over to the fans. I think it was game two. Ran over to the fans, threw up his hands, started telling them to jump up and down. And there's it's a picture of his arms just up, and all these Philly fans are in front of him doing as he says. And I think that's incredible. That was an incredible picture. They are extremely hot and a team that I would be worried about if I had to face for sure. Yeah, the Phillies advanced to the NLCS for the first time since 2010. Long overdue for Phillies fans, so congratulations to them. And like you guys said, one of the hottest teams, if not the hottest team in baseball right now. The other NLDS series, Dodgers-Padres. Padres won Game 2, 5-3, Game 3, 2-1, and Game 4, 5-3 last night to win the series and send the Dodgers home. The Padres advanced the NLCS for the first time since 1998 and will host wow. the Phillies in Game 1 on Tuesdays. Uh, any quick thoughts on Dodgers-Padres and what the NLCS will look like as it's uh, Padres-Phillies? This is what makes me happy. 
when the Dodgers lose because you can't just buy your way to a World Series. And this proves that. You have the you are the highest paying team in the league. You have arguably like the most star studded lineup. And you're sitting at home now. Good riddance to the Dodgers. I actually remember my World Series prediction was the Padres when they acquired Juan Soto. I definitely am changing my prediction to the Guardians out of being a homer. But if I'm, I honestly, I still could see that. I wouldn't change my pick entirely there as an see, analyst. I could see Phillies and Guardians in the World Series. Boy, that'd be something. I would love that to see that. Be. And if the if the Guardians make the World Series, they will have home field advantage. I would love that. Yeah. I would love that. It would be an incredible scene at Progressive Field. And that'll do it for our MLB segment. A lot of baseball to be played this October and into November. Good luck to the Guardians tonight. If needed, good luck to them tomorrow. But all three of us don't think that game will be needed. Go Guards. Oscar Gonzalez, I love you. Thank you for the memories. And when we return from break, we'll talk about the Akron Zips and college football winners and losers for you coming up next on WZIP. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Best Sports Talk Show this side of Lake Erie. My name is Jake Murrin. I'm the host of the show, and I'm joined by two analysts. First, Pat Weber. Let's go Zips. And unfortunately, Logan Congrove. You smell, Jake. <laughs> hey, you too, man. You too. I can smell it from the other side of the board. It's bad. Pat, you're going to be witness to this argument we're going to have in about half an hour when we get to the I'm NBA kinda, I'm honestly so, I'm so ready for that because I have yet to like bear witness to an actual like like witnessing this rivalry like oh, yeah. in person. I've never, oh, yeah. I've it's never, bad. I've never been here when full fledged heat culture Logan is going up against you. So I mean, I'm the listeners haven't experienced it in a couple of months. The tension was too high. We had to have a break. We're back. We'll see how we it goes. We were on a break. And <laughs> yeah, we were. We were. Uh, in about a half an hour, we'll get into that. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of heat culture references made. But right now, right now, we unfortunately have to talk about our Akron Zips football team before we break down the 28-21 to 21 loss to Central Michigan. Here is head coach Joe Moorhead after the defeat. We're going to have to get over it by falling back on our culture. You know? And I think uh, since January, um, our kids' belief uh, in the things we're asking them to do to be successful uh, has put us in this position. And uh, Discipline, accountability, work ethic, attention to detail, mental, physical toughness, selflessness, uh, and everything we do, you know, has given us a chance to actually win football games. And uh, response to adversity is a big part of that, and it's it's talked about every single day. So the way we're going to get over this is uh, lick our wounds a little bit, come in tomorrow as a staff, watch the tape, see what we could have done better, uh, meet with the kids, uh, talk about the performance indicators. Uh, they'll break off with their coordinators and position coaches and watch the film. And uh, got to rinse it off quick because, uh, as you said, that there's not a ton of words. That one stinks. We, uh, we snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. This loss in particular seemed to hit Moorhead a bit deeper than others. He was certainly not in high spirits in his postgame press conference. And he mentioned that they snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. Logan, you were very uh, you're showing a lot of emotion during that clip. 
Ultimately, what do you guys think about what Moorhead said and the overall loss to the Chippewas? Logan, I'll go to you first. Let me tell you, man. I hate the excuse, or not even excuse. I hate the wording from any coach at any level. We just got to go watch a tape. I'm so sick and tired of hearing that from every coach that I have to pay attention to, whether it's Akron, whether it's the Browns. I hate hearing watch the tape. How many times do you have to watch the tape before you can do something about it? Put a product on the field that people want to see. I was at the game yesterday with Jake, and we were one of eight students in our student section, literally like eight people. If you want the students to come back, if you want people to come and cheer you on and cheer you on to victory, get a flipping victory for once. It's not difficult. It's I, I could not play football. I mean, look at me. I'm a twig. But what I'm saying is it is not – you just have to close out. They were in field goal range, Jake. It was not that hard. All they had to do was just trust their kicker, and they could have had something. I, as a student, won't – I'm not going again. Like, I, that was it for me. I will not be returning until there's a better product on the field. And guess what? It's free to students to go, and I still am not going again. It's not worth it to me. And, like – is Joe is Joe Moorhead like starting to get like regretful of being here? Pat just said it a minute ago. I mean, it's gotta be boring to lose like this. And I understand that these are not his players right off the bat. We're still trickling in some guys from the Arth era. And the Arth era was abysmal. So I understand, like you said last week, losing is currently foreign to this team, which is a concerning comment in itself. But at what point is it not foreign? At what point do your does your system start being implemented to the players that are on our roster, whether you recruited them or not? There just has to be something. There has to be something. Yeah, I agree with you in that. That emotion is justified. I was sitting or standing right next to you that entire game, and we felt like we had the win. Like Joe Moorhead said, they snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. That's exactly what happened. We had the ball in field goal range with the game tied in the fourth quarter. And this team is foreign to winning. They just are. I'm not surprised by the play. I'm not surprised by the fumble that ultimately lost us the game. The scoop and score touchdown by the Central Michigan Chippewas. I still don't even know what a Chippewa Chippewa is. And like you said, eight students in the student section. It was a freezing day. I understand that. But the high was 56. Not terrible. The sun was out. Half my face is sunburnt. I don't even know how that happened. Yeah. Half my face is sunburnt. I have a line across my forehead because I wore this very hat. Looking like Elmo over there. I know. It's bad. You can make fun of me all you want. (laughs) It's bad. I got sunburnt on a 56-degree day at a football game that was terrible. (laughs) And I was freezing the entire time. Only Jake Murn can get hurt that way. How many Akron Zips games have you gone to as a student? One, and that was yesterday. And how many will you be going to in the foreseeable future? I don't even know, man. Zero. It's, it's tough to say. And it's it's a bad look on me, too, saying that was my first Zips game as a student because I am the sports director up here at WZIP. I should be going to every game. But but why? I joined, I joined at the height of COVID, so I had a role in it. But we're not a good football team. I work most Saturdays. I was able to go yesterday. It was a winnable game, in my opinion. I talked about it last week. I thought it was a winnable game, and you saw what happened. We had the win, and then all of a sudden, we did not. Pat, what are your thoughts? Oh, oh. 
I first of all, I would like to apologize for my statements earlier this earlier this year saying we were going to go to a bowl game. Um, no, no, just no. I have I have zero hope for this team anymore. I, I have zero hope. It's and it's nothing against Coach Moorhead. Coach Moorhead's a fantastic coach. It's our players. They're genuinely just. Uh, I don't even I don't even know where to begin because like like you said, they, he wants their players to be selfless. But in reality. If you're transferring to come to Akron, you're transferring because you want playing time. So you're not going to be a selfless player. You're going to be a selfish player. And you're not going to watch the film. You only care about what's best for you. You don't care what's best for the team. You don't care what's best for this college. It's embarrassing. I mean, genuinely, I have never seen a team lose a football game in such an embarrassing fashion as we did yesterday. I This was the first home game I did not attend. In my three years of being here, I have been to every single home game except the one yesterday we missed you and listen i'm glad i didn't go at this point because it's it's numbing i don't even like i don't even feel disappointed when we lose anymore i expect us to lose every game and that's terrible i don't think any i don't think anybody should go into a game expecting to lose every single game that you play we almost lost to a division two school i think at the beginning of the year and I remember what Coach Moorhead said is he walked down the line of students that were there and said, we are going to get better, I promise. Where's the promise? Where's the promise? They're, they're, no. It's, it's, it's progressively gotten worse every week. Like, it's become more and more unbearable to watch this team play. And that's coming from me. I love the Zips. I'm, like, the most IR fan, but it is, it is terrible. It is horrible to watch. And we play Kent State next week. Yes, they're 2-5. and five. But they gave the Georgia Bulldogs a run for their money, and we have to try to play that team. We're gonna lose by a hundred. Like seriously, I don't, I don't even know what to say. Like it's, it's just embarrassing. I talked about it with some of my friends. Honestly, why doesn't Akron, as a school, just go the Xavier route, just disband the football program at this point? Like we're not winning games. We're wasting millions of dollars on a stadium that we can't even get a thousand people in on a normal week. So why why do we still have the program at that point? Like we're not winning games. We're wasting all of this money on a sport that like this is America's number one. Like this is America's favorite sport. And I've never seen a stadium more empty than Infosystem Stadium whenever the Zips are playing. There's never a stadium in the world that is more empty than that stadium. Cricket stadiums. The most boring sport in the world to watch. Cricket gets more people in their stands than the Zips do at Infosystem Stadium. It's yeah. it's terrible. It it was a bad showing yesterday, and it's justifiable all the frustration that is building up in this studio. Of course, if you watch the game, then you know what happened in the fourth quarter and how this team snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. The Zips seemingly had the game in their hands, but one play changed everything. Here's Coach Moorhead again, and what he had to say on that play. I mean, it's 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 one hundred percent the play we wanted against that. I mean, if you go back and look at the. Uh, the replay. We were reading the end. Uh, the receiver cracked the inside linebacker, and we had a guard pulling around for essentially for nobody. Uh, it was a bad exchange. That it was again. That was Coach Joe Moorhead after the loss to Central Michigan yesterday afternoon. Logan and I were in attendance. Pat, you saw the replay. You saw the game. You saw that play. What did you guys think of the play that costed us our second win of the season? I was absolutely infuriated and you can attest to that i turned around and i was like there was people behind us i was like there's no way did that really just happen and they people were freaking out 
all eight people in our in our student section were going berserk about how bad that really was. I looked at Jake. I looked at Jake's girlfriend, and I was like, "You guys ready? Like, yeah. I'm ready. I'm out." And but, we left. <laughs> and we walked. We walked out. Didn't even care how much time was left on the clock. Jake was like, "Well, that's it. We just lost straight up. There's no way we can come back from that." And it was pathetic. That that exchange is really, really bad. I don't know who I placed that error on. Whether it's a running back, DJ Irons, or it could even be a coaching error. But whoever that blame should be placed on, that was embarrassing. It really was. And going off of what Pat said with this with the fans thing, I think the Rubber Bowl was doing just fine because this new stadium is way too big, and there's no point. I don't know why we even built it because fans don't go anyway. Yeah, that's a good point. And if you listen to Moorhead, it sounds like the play was there. It sounds like if it was executed that we would have gained a lot of yards, and of course it was on the ground, so time would have t- uh, gone off the clock as well. You hate to see what happened. Pat, what did you think? I, I just remember watching that game, and I remember we we got the ball back. We forced Central Michigan to punt to us, and I realized, you know, we're going to win the game. I openly told everybody that I was sitting in this room with, because I was watching the game uh, on my phone. I had it airdropped to the TV at my house, and I was telling everybody there, I'm like, we are going to win this football game. I'm like, we're not going to be uh, in the 10 worst teams in the nation anymore. Like, this is a t- game we're going to win. We're in field goal range, like... This game is basically sealed, and one of one of my friends looked at me and said, don't forget we're talking about the Zips. They'll find a way to mess this up. And the minute he said that is when we just completely botched that play. Like, th- that play, that is a peewee football error. That should not be an error that happens at the Division One level for college football n- at all. It's it, This shouldn't happen at any level of college football at all, and it still happened. And, I mean, like you said, Logan, I don't know who to pl- like put the blame on, but clearly that play, it, somebody missed something. And I want to say I think our running back was supposed to take it. I think Wiley was supposed to take it because it looked like it was in his arms, but he didn't know that he was supposed to have it. So, obviously, he didn't secure the ball. But there is no, there is no reason that, yes, we gave, up that, like, we gave up that touchdown. We gave up the scoop and score. But there's no reason why going into the last play of the game that it is fourth and 25 from inside our own 10. We have to bounce back from that. Tennessee had the exact same thing happen, and they still beat Alabama. We had that happen, and we completely forgot how to play football, and we got we just don't know how to play. Like our team, like I was telling Logan today, the Akron Zips, if Baker Mayfield was a football team, it would be the Zips. Because we what? have, it, what, wait, we have our highest of highs. Here's why. We have our highest of highs. But we also have like the absolute lowest of lows. That's why I say that. Like, if you if you had an entire team that kind of played like Baker, where you have like these amazing plays, where it's like, okay, like yes, this is a Division One football program, and then you go down to like, why do I feel like I'm watching four year olds run around trying to play football for the first time? I guess like, I'll, that's what this team is. I guess I'll allow the comparison, but for the Zips, I don't think our highs have been much of anything either. I mean, we barely sneaked a win in week one against St. Francis in overtime. That's our only win on the year. I mean, what other other than that, what have been our highs? I mean, yesterday our defense yeah. improved. That was nice to see. But Did you just what ask what our highs are? Our highs are we have a really, really beautiful female mascot named Zippy, and that's it. There's no other highs to the Akron football program. There's just not. So I love Zippy personally, but... That's it. That's really the only high I can think of. We have a cool cheerleader team. We have a cool dance team. 
We don't have a cool football team. Yeah, your allegiance to Zippy is we, unmatched, Logan. We are like Akron. Literally, we're good at everything except for football. Like we are good at everything but football. That's why I, I like I said earlier, just take the Xavier out. Just cut the program at this point because you're not drawing. You're losing more fans a year than you're gaining because nobody, because a not like nobody wants to come to a school that is terrible at football. So you're losing student enrollment because our football team is horrible. And you're dropping millions and millions of dollars that we probably cannot afford to be spending on the worst, and I mean the absolute worst, football program in the United States. We are the worst. And I. this is the first time, like, I have stood by the Zips for three years. Like, through the height of the Tom Arth era, I was like, we're going to be better. Like, there's room to improve. I, I genuinely don't think that there is any hope for this team. I just don't think there is. I, I thought that, you know, bringing in an entire new coaching staff, especially with Coach Moorhead, that'd be good. Again, nothing against Coach Moorhead. We just don't have the athletes. We don't. There's not a draw to coming here. Like, a lot of other colleges, they draw of why you want to go there. Like, oh, I want to go to Toledo. Well, they normally do very well in the MAC. They have a very good stadium. They have fans that show up to the games that are willing to support their team. When you look at Akron, it's like, cool, we have... Probably the nicest stadium in the MAC. Don't get me wrong, Infocision Stadium is very, very nice. But uh, do we want to play in front of 800 fans a week? Or do we want to go to a D3 school where the stadium can hold like 5,000 people, but all 5,000 people actually go? It's embarrassing that we have a 30,000 seat stadium. That's the same as Nippert Stadium. And we can't even get 1,000 people in the stands for some games. Yeah, it's all about That's the product. Terrible. It's all about the product on the field, and the product is not good. Um, when that poor exchange happened in the fourth quarter, the fumble, the scoop and score, I almost was laughing because that's just the Akron way. We are four into winning. I was not surprised, and that's just what happens. Other than the poor exchange in the fourth quarter, the Zips dealt with many challenges in this game. Of course, the offensive line can improve, and we're pretty banged up at the position as well. Here's Coach Joe Moorhead one final time on the biggest challenge in the game. Biggest challenge of what they presented was was uh, their defensive line, and we were down to our fourth offensive tackle for the game. Ronan Chambers started and competed his butt off. Both Baines and Wigan went down in the fourth quarter, uh, so we had Robarge and Beckman in there. Uh, Georges, I think, played almost the whole game at center, and then Nate Williams at right. So we weren't able to run it pretty very well. We gave up some sacks, but uh, you know, I thought the kids who went in there really really competed their tails off. Uh, you know, you talk about next man in philosophy. Somebody goes down, the person who goes in is going to do as good or better of a job. And uh, you know, I thought some guys that hadn't played much and, and came in and, and competed against pretty good defense. Yeah, the Chippewas have a tough defense. They proved it all year long, not only in MAC play, but in play across the country. It certainly doesn't help when your offensive line has not only been a weakness, but when you're relying on a next man up mentality to win close football games in the fourth quarter or on final drives of the game. I know the defense improved yesterday, only giving up 21 points. Of course, the 28 points, the last touchdown was that scoop and score touchdown. Any last thoughts on the Zips-Chippewas games, guys? Just... I I don't even know. Like I feel like I'm just numb to the mistakes that we make now. Like it's it's nothing new at all. We've been seeing it for what the past five or six years. It's been the same thing. So it's it's nothing new. Obviously disappointed because we could have won, but it is what it is. Please be better for the students, for the people, for the city of Akron. Please hear us out. Be better. And Pat, 
please change your Twitter bio that says Zips by a million because that's never oh, going to happen. I I forgot I had that. Yeah, no, I'll I'll change that. Um, I it's tough, man. It's tough. I'm I'm just stuck in a loop of endless horrible football right now, and I can't escape. It's <laughs> it's awful. I have nothing to look forward to in football. I don't like, feel sorry for you at all. I don't. I know we'll we'll get into that in the last it's segment hard of the show. But. A zips like uh, like I only like the zips. That's it's hard to just be a zips only fan. Like it, sure. it really is. Yeah, and next week it doesn't get much better. We go on the road to take on Kent State at uh. noon. The Golden Flashes or the Electric Chickens, as they're known around these parts, are coming off of a fifty-two to thirty-one loss to Toledo yesterday. And the zips will look to win the wagon wheel for the first time since twenty eighteen when Akron won it in overtime. I don't think this is going to be a great answer for me, guys, but what is the percent chance uh, that we have to win this game? Zero. Absolutely none. I said we were going to lose this game before the season even started. Do you think I'm going to change my mind now? No. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm really not. I'm. Uh, Can we get a final prediction from you, Pat, before we give it to Logan? I don't, I'm, I'm going to say Kent State beats us 55 nothing. Wow. Even worse than last year when it was 38-0. Yep. Logan, take it away. Percent chance and prediction. Percent chance, negative 896,000. No way. Absolutely no way. And as much as it pains me to say that, because half my family is Kent State grads, and I'm being forced to attend that game next week, no chance. No way. And I'm. it's going to be tough for me to even be sitting there at that game next week. Well, they, they're going to get, you know what, Pat? I'll up it. They're going to get beat 65-0. to zero. No way. Akron football has no chance against. And you know what? If they somehow pull out a win, you can pull this soundbite and clown me all you want. But as of right now, no chance at all. Yeah, soundbites have been used against you to clown you in the past, so I would not be surprised. And I I wish you you luck in that Kent State Stadium, Logan. I really do. If Akron wins, I'll buy a lottery ticket because at that point, might as well. Yeah. Uh, it's. I also have a loss for Akron. I give them a ten percent chance to win, and uh, I'll go forty-two seventeen as my final score prediction. Very generous there. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to go zero percent chance because there's always a small chance, but forty-two to seventeen is my final score prediction. I don't know before there is a chance. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll give you the ten. Thanks. Before we go to break, it's time for my favorite segment in terms of college football every week. It's time for winners and losers for week seven of college football. Pat, give me your winners for week five. So my winner, I have to give it to the Tennessee Volunteers. Thank you. From the bottom of my heart as a sports fan, thank you. Thank you so much for beating Alabama. That was the highlight of my, other than the Guardians winning, that was the highlight of my day yesterday, was watching Alabama lose and knowing that on Monday, Alabama's starting lineup probably won't be walking. <laughs> they will be, their legs will be dead with how much they're going to be running. Yeah, there and you go. For my loser, well, we'll do winners right now. Okay, okay. So uh, winners, Logan, winner. My winner is Stanford beating Notre Lame because, and I'll you know what I'll even follow up on that because I don't want to give away my next one. But yeah, Stanford is my winner for this segment. Stanford is the winner. Did you have another winner, Pat? Um, if I I guess if I wanted to throw another winner out there, I'd say Old Dominion because they dominated Coastal Carolina, which I was shocked about. I did not think they were going to come close. So I have two winners as well. First, the entire country because Tennessee, of course, beat number three ranked Alabama yes. fifty-two to forty-nine. When Alabama loses, 
the entire country wins, even especially yesterday because the Yankees lost too. USC lost as well. Notre Dame lost. I mean, just all these favorites around the country lost. And for Tennessee, man, Hendon Hooker and wide receiver Jalen Hyatt, six catches, 207 yards, and five touchdowns. Most receiving touchdowns in school history. 15-year winless streak against Bama ends. And the atmosphere at that stadium Fans stormed the field, tore down the goalpost, took it out of the stadium, through the streets, and through the goalpost in a river. Pat, I feel like you do that if Akron beat Kent State. You'd um, be one of those people. If we won a game, I think I'd do that. But we did do it in week one. <laughs> I mean. Against Kent State, I could see you okay, on against, the field, on top of the goalpost, taking that to Lake Erie. Yes. Okay, I would do that if it was Kent State. But I I don't think we're going to beat Kent State. Yeah. I'd um, be, don't get me wrong. I'd be very happy if we did, but I am just... I, I, I'm just numb to the losing that we have yeah. now. I am too. My other winner is TCU. They won two straight games against ranked opponents, including yesterday's win over number 8 Oklahoma State, 43-40 to in double overtime. The Horned Frogs played Kansas State, or they play Kansas State next weekend, who is also ranked. They play Texas this year as well. I could easily see TCU making the playoff with how well they are playing right now and how well they're playing against their current strength of schedule. So I'm really high on TCU. Those are my winners. It's time for losers, though. Pat, take it away. All right, so for my first loser, even though they won, I have Liberty because how do you only win by one to uh, Gardner-Webb? I've never even heard of that college. So uh, that's a huge L for Liberty, even though, you know, we lost to Liberty too, but, it, you know, it is what it is. And then my second loser, I've I've never done this, but, like, I'm giving it to the Zips. Because there's no way we lose a football game like that at all. I've never in my life been more embarrassed to be a Zips fan than watching how we lost that game. In my life. And when people ask you what your favorite college team is and you say the Akron Zips, it's already kind of embarrassing. Because they're like, wait, are you being serious? And yeah, I am. But I've never, I've never in my life been more disappointed at the end of a football game. Ever. And I mean ever. And I I watched every minute of the Bills Steelers game last week. And I have never been more embarrassed to be the fan of a program quite like I am right now. Yeah, at all. It was a uh, tough pill to swallow yesterday. That's for sure. Logan, losers. My first loser is Notre Lame, as I stated before, and that is because they're, they're just a joke, man. Like they always put on this front, like they are such a good football program. They're just not. They're just not that good. And I think that. Losing to Stanford is pathetic. That's our third or maybe fourth. I'm not 100% sure loss on the season. And please just join a conference, man. Stop acting like you're better than everybody. My second loser is the Tennessee goalposts. It is now in a river. And anybody, awesome, awesome 90s feel, 90s football feel to that. But another loser is when those fans evidently are arrested. Yeah, that's a... I think it's going to be worth it. I read a report that Tennessee, like, the school had bought goalposts in case they won because they knew that was going to happen. They had already bought replacements because they knew that was going to happen if they beat Alabama. Hey, they have an insurance plan. That's a a smart way to go for Tennessee. My losers won. Nick Saban's temper is Penn State. You know, that team up north solidified themselves as a contender in the Big Ten, and Penn State wasn't able to compete in the 41-17 loss. It was competitive at one point. And then... It just stopped being competitive. The pick six really helped, though, too. I mean, their offense yeah. could just never go get going for the Nittany Lions. I mean, at one point, Penn State was up, but the turnovers killed them. 
Yeah. That it did. That'll do it for college football. We'll get back to football in about half an hour when we talk about the NFL, but we will be talking about the NBA as it tips off this week. We'll have season predictions, award predictions, cast predictions, and so much more. Stay tuned. What's going on, everyone? And welcome back to the best sports talk show there is, was, and ever will be. This is Sports Power Talk live from the University of Akron. My name is Jake Murren. I'm the host of the show today, and I'm joined by Pat Weber. Let's go Cavs. Let's go Cavs. I can agree with that. And unfortunately, things are going to get rough. Mr. Evil, Logan Congress. Let's go Heat! Heat culture, baby! We are finally back. It is NBA season time. I am so excited to be on this show. I see you shaking your head over there. It's about time for the Heat to show everybody who's boss another year. You sound like a child. You sound like a four-year-old. And? We got Boy Wonder. Boy Wonder. That's his name. Say it with some respect. I don't even know who you're, who you're referring Tyler to. Tyler Hero. Who you've admitted to me off air was overpaid. Yeah, he's overpaid, but he's still Boy Wonder. He um, can still ball. I told you all at the top of the show, this was going to be a very to entertaining segment. Is it too late for me to leave? Right. Because I, I, I already know where this is going. That was one way to start. That was one way to what start. What a way to start our NBA segment. And the reason we're having an NBA segment is because they tip off this week. The Cavs tip off on Wednesday on the road at Toronto. But let's get into the NBA and let's go through some season predictions. So, Pat, I'll kick it to you first, man. Top three seed predictions for the East. Fire away. So the top three, I have the Milwaukee Bucks finishing number one. I have your Cleveland Cavaliers, our Cleveland Cavaliers, Finishing at number two. And at number three, I you know, I really don't want to admit this with Logan being here, but I do have the Miami Heat finishing at number three in the East. Dude, you're jumping around <laughs> like a little kid because it's facts, dude. You just don't understand. You don't get it. It's heat culture. You just don't get it, bro. I just don't get it. You just don't get I'm it. I'm not a fan of the team. You'll I just never don't understand, it. Jake. You won't understand. None of you will understand. Well, how about you give your top three seed predictions? I'm assuming they hit our first, so just skip that. Actually, no. Three. They're not. Okay. Okay, I have a little bit more respect for you. One is the Bucks. Two are the Heatles. And three is the Cavs. You just call them the Heatles? The Heatles. What? They're like the Beatles. Is that something else I would not understand? Yeah, you wouldn't understand, bro. It happened a few years back. You wouldn't get it. All right. If you're not a fan, just don't worry about it. You don't get it. Okay. My My apologies. All right. My top three seed predictions. I might surprise you guys with this first one because it was a team you guys did not say. I have the 76ers finishing first in the East. Uh, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Logan's response. Whoa. Logan's response, whoa. if you did not hear him, was what? Whoa. The Sixers? No way. No I'm sorry. Way. What? No way. Jake. No way. You Jake. Said the I had the 76ers finishing. No, the Sixers are no buns, way. dude. No, they're not bad, but there's no way you have them finishing first. I have them finishing they first. Have, they only have Joel Embiid and a washed-up James Harden. Do you need help? I don't need Do help. Do you need, like, mental help? No, I'm all good. They were, they were two games back from winning the East last season. Joel Embiid should have won MVP last Gosh. season. I, I, I do agree with and that. And a whole Embiid year a whole year of Harden, Embiid, Harris, Harden. and Maxi, if all healthy, 
This is the team to beat for me in the East. Harden what? is so overrated, dude. You. Oh we'll my see. goodness! At the 76ers, I'm not gonna walk up out the I'm studio, still bro. Processing the fact. That Please do. The <laughs> I will open the door for you, Logan. <laughs> I'm I'm gone, bro. I'm out. <laughs> All right, bye. See oh. you when the Heat win the title. Oh my, not this again. Okay. Number two in the East, the Bucks. This is a safe pick for me. The Bucks are coming off a title victory two years ago. Giannis is a front runner for MVP. I think he gets some help this season. And let's be honest, by himself, you could make this team a top five seed in the East. And then third, I have the Heat. Yes, yeah, don't have the Cavs in the top. Hey. No, I don't have guys in the top three. It's the culture, bro. You're finally no you're feeding in. I'm not going to give them any props. I have the Heat third. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> top three seed predictions for the West. Logan, I'll go to you first this time. Um, Man, this is tough. I'm probably going to keep the Warriors at one, unfortunately. Two, you know, last year I would have probably said the Phoenix Suns, but after watching that preseason game, the Suns aren't even making the playoffs. So they lost to... What team did they lose to? Didn't they See, lose? that's the thing. They lost like the I don't Albuquerque know. 36ers <laughs> or something. They lost like a Canadian, like a really like no-name Canadian. It's like Albuquerque 36ers, and they lost by like 10. So two, I will put, I'm going to put the Memphis Grizzlies Ooh. at two. And that's purely because of John Morant and his talent. And then third, I will give third to the Dallas Mavericks with Luka Doncic. All All right. Right. Not a fan of that third team. Pat? But... Yeah, so I'm, I just want to let this be known. I have a personal, like, thing against Luka. It's just me, though, because he kind of beat the Clippers. Like, he owns the Clippers, which I don't like because... Pat, I for those of you who don't know, my favorite player is Kawhi. All right, boo-hoo, but, go on. Um, I'm not going to put the Mavs in the top three, but number one, I obviously the Golden State Warriors because they're the Warriors. Yeah, I mean, that's self-explanatory. Two, I am going to go with the Grizzlies. I am going to give pick. it to the Grizzlies at number two. They are solid pick, a young man. Very, very good team. And at three, the real team in LA, the better team in LA, the Los Angeles Clippers, are going to finish third. Yeah, of course you say that. What? My top three seed predictions for the West are the best out of all of us. Like, come on, let's be honest. I have the Warriors number one for obvious reasons, like you said, Pat. Number two, I have the Suns here. I know what? I know the memes, I know the jokes from the they preseason, but they 36ers. They won the West last season. They came in second in the conference the year before that. Monty Williams won coach of the year last year. Should've He's known. one of the she best. Should not have. Should have been Coach Bo. But uh, yeah, we won't no, get into that. No. I'm going to stop you. Alex Henry, if you're listening, it should have been Coach Bo. You literally said that you took that opinion back when I was mad, but it should have been Coach Bo. You know it should have so been. So I have vote. to judge you based on your mood, yes. is what you're telling me, Logan. 100%. I cannot Mr. take you Murray. seriously right now. Sun's second. They have one of the best coaches in the league, and I expect them to have a yet another fantastic regular season. Who knows about the postseason, but regular season, I have the Suns number two. And then number three, I have the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, no. Huh? Minnesota what? made moves this offseason. <clears throat> I expect them to make they a got the huge most overrated leap. center in the history of the NBA on their team. Congratulations! How many times has he won Defensive Player of the Year? How many times does he not deserve to win it? Hot take: All the t- That team will it. be blown up by the trade deadline. Yes, yes, yes. We'll see. Yes, we'll see. Whoa. I think. I think a pairing of Rudy Gobert, Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, and D'Angelo Russell are going to be an explosive unit. I really do. 
and I expect them to make a huge leap from finishing seventh in the conference last year. I have them third in the West this year. I don't think Rudy Gobert makes that much of a difference. I, re- I, I don't think so, he makes that they also dealt with, Mr. Marin. They also dealt with injuries last year. If they stay healthy that is true. and if they all you know, get on the right page, I, I see the Timberwolves playing very well this year. That's all I'll say. I mean, they'll Next. make the playoffs. I don't see them finishing top three. But I have them third. We'll know. see what happens. Of course, Mavericks, maybe the Clippers, but I don't really think they're going to be anything. Jake Mernigot, stop saying that the Hawks are better than the Heat, bro. It's That's just not true. No matter how much you dislike me, that is awful. In the postseason, maybe, but I don't think in the regular season. (laughs) I cannot take him seriously right now. Last thing for the NBA season predictions before we get to award predictions. NBA Finals matchup and winner. Pat. I'm going to go with an outlandish Finals prediction. So I want you to be prepared. Because I know, I know neither one of you are going to like this. But I have the Cavs, which we can all agree of course. Thumbs up. Mr. Homer Pat. Back and, at it again. And I have them taking on the Los Angeles Clippers in the finals. <laughs> you just pulled off a double homer on us? Uh, yeah. Okay. okay. Makes sense. What all is, right. To be plus. fair, to be fair, if it does, if that actually does happen, I will be a Cavaliers fan over being a Kawhi Leonard fan. Well, I, I would I, hope I will, so. I would really I would hope, hope so. so. Logan. While I do like Kawhi. But. Finals matchup and winner. Finals matchup and winner. Stop rolling your eyes over there, bro. Finals matchup and winner. On the West side, it will be the Golden State Warriors again. I just don't see them being beaten in the West, to be honest. Against the Miami Heat and the Heat win in six. See, here's the thing. Every time I think of the Miami Heat, I just think of Birdman doing the Harlem Shake. I want, I want you to yeah, know something, I think. That's of. a part of the but, culture. <laughs> so I'm behind the board. I'm running the show. Ah! There's, a, there's a little package down here. It says, oh. Logan Congrove Heat Diss Track. Keep it going, Logan. I might play that real quick. Because you said that the Heat were going to beat the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals last year, if I'm remembering that correctly. And then you said the Heat were going to beat the Warriors in five games last year. Well, well Jake... This is the year 2022-2023, and the Miami Heat are back and better. Um, listen, I wouldn't be surprised if the Heat made the finals. I don't think the Warriors are going to make it to the finals, though. I have the one man that can actually guard any any player on the face of the earth is healthy again. I have and Bucks Warriors. I have Bucks Warriors. I think that's no. the safest pick. I easily see the Warriors winning the West. The East, there's a lot of competitive teams right now. But the Bucks are just the most reliable for me, so I'm going to go Bucks Warriors for I think the this NBA has been the first Finals. Time in a while that the East is competitive. They're stacked, man. Yeah, I stacked. That's a first. Very We've stacked. Seen that in a very long time. Yeah. Next NBA award predictions. Let's go first. Sixth man of the year, Logan. I don't want to hear from you at all, Pat. Go ahead. Hmm. I think I'm going to give it to Reggie Jackson here because he he will be on the bench. Now and he was a he was a he's a very very good player for the Clippers. He will be on the bench though because the Clippers did acquire John Wall. Pat, do you like the Clippers? No, but I'm just saying that Reggie Jackson is a <laughs> phenomenal basketball player because he is. He's a very very good point guard. He will dominate coming off the bench. The only person that might win it over him is Ricky Rubio. Mm. 
I think health. I think it's a tie between. I think them. health is considered. I almost had Ricky Rubio, but by the time it gets back, we'll, we'll see how he actually manages time in the game, and I don't think that'll stack up to being considered as a sixth man of the year. But we'll see. I'd love to see it. Logan, just say it and get think, it over with. Yeah. Just say it and get it over with. Come on. My sixth man of the year pick is Kevin Love. Oh. Wow. Of the okay. Cleveland Cavaliers. I fooled you, didn't I? Yeah, a little bit. I, I fooled was expecting you. Kevin Love of the Cavs. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was sitting over here like, yeah, he's going to say Tyler Hero. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was expecting, too. I like that pick. Good job. Thanks. I'm proud of you. Appreciate it. Next, I, I mean, I have Jordan Poole for sixth man of the year. Just signed a four-year, $140 million contract extension with the Warriors. And I expect to see some great play out of him on a stacked Golden State roster. Next up, most improved player. Logan, go ahead. Most improved, and this is honestly, like, I'll say this with a straight face. It, it is a Heat player, but it's not. You might even agree with me. After all the injuries and down seasons he's had, I really think Victor Oladipo is going to have a very improved season for the Miami Heat. I think he's going to contribute a lot to us this season. And he's been down the past couple of years. He's either hurt or he's not getting the minutes he's supposed to. I think this is the year that Victor Oladipo returns to Pacers Oladipo, Magic Oladipo. This is the Oladipo that we want to see. Yeah, if Coach Spo knows how to play him. Coach Spo knows all, bro. Okay, yeah, he certainly did last year in the in the playoffs. Pat, most improved player. I uh I think we're gonna go with Jeremy Grant here. I like I that. really I really like him being paired with Damian Lloyd. I think it's gonna uh elevate his status. And I I think Jeremy Grant will be a uh he'll be an all star this year. So uh, I think he'll be the most improved. I'm going with Bradley Beal for most improved player. He only played 40 games last year. His stats were subpar, and I could see him reliably scoring 30 points a game. So I like Beal for most improved player. Next up, defensive player of the year. I'll go first. It is a Cleveland Cavalier. I like Jarrett Allen for defensive player of the year. We've seen centers get this award a lot lately, and I can see Allen leading the league in blocks this season. Pat, give me defensive player of the year. I also have. Jared Allen winning Defensive Player of the Year. Good man, Logan. Jared Allen. Yeah. Let's go. Clean sweep. Love to hear that. Next up, Coach of the Year, Logan. Man, as much as I really, really want to say Coach Spo, I think the Heat are already at a level where, like, his coaching won't, like, he's a great coach, but it won't be shown in an award aspect if the Cavs can seriously make a jump like they're supposed to, I could definitely see it being Bickerstaff. Yeah, it's not a bad pick. Pat? I'm giving it to Bickerstaff this year because I do think we're going to make a huge jump this uh, season. I like Michael Malone of the Nuggets. If they stay healthy, I really expect them to be a team to be reckoned with in the West. And last but not least, the award of most valuable player and this is our Around the Rue of the Week where we debate around the table and bring it to you via our Twitter page at WZIP Sports. This week's question, who's going to win the NBA MVP this season? So the options are the top three betting favorites, and then we have another category as well. So the top three betting favorites are Luka Doncic, Joel Embiid, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. And then we have an other category as well. I'm assuming that there are going to be a lot of votes for other. And if you do vote other, let us know in the comments as to who that might be. Pat, I'll go to you first. Who is your NBA MVP? The only correct answer is the greatest two-way player to touch a basketball. Playing for the Los Angeles Clippers, Kawhi Leonard. Okay. If Yeah, that's a wild pick if there. He but stays healthy, which he never does. That. Logan. Or last year was an exception. Logan MVP? MVP. 
Yeah. You know, I've thought a lot about this one, Jake, and this was very hard for me. This is very hard because there's a lot of good choices out there. There's a lot of good, good guys, but uh, this one for me. It's Jimmy Butler of the Miami <laughs> Heat. You already know. No chance he loses this award, bro. Jimmy Butler, this is his year. Why does it sound like my mic is off right now, Jake? I can't believe you, but I'm kidding. Dude, I'm behind the board producing this show. You should see your levels. <laughs> They're spiking. Of course I'm turning you down, man. Hey, man. Jimmy, Jimmy Buckets. No, get out of here. Jimmy Buckets. It wasn't too long ago where you were screaming screaming into your mic asking the Heat to get Jimmy Butler help. They did. They got him a healthy Victor Oladipo. They didn't get he. They already had him. Yeah, but he wasn't really even on the roster. So now he is, and that's help big time. So stop rolling your eyes, Jimmy Butler, oh, NBA man. MVP. Book it. You're a clown. I'm going to go with Joel Embiid. He should have won it last year for how well he played. I expect the 76ers to play even better as a unit this season. Like I said, at the 76ers finishing first in the East, and for Embiid's numbers to be even better. I'm going with Joel Embiid for MVP. But as we said, this is our Around the Rue. It is live on Twitter right now. So go vote for who you think is going to win the NBA MVP. And if it's other, then let us know in the comments as to who that might be. Let's get into the Cavs before we get in to our hot mic questions on Twitter. So preseason's over. We had four preseason games. You guys have any quick takeaways on any of the preseason games? I thought that the Cavs looked good, and I think the connection between Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland is strong, and we got to see yes. a little bit of it in the wine and gold scrimmage with the alley-oop. I think that that connection will be big for the Cavaliers this year. Get ready to bring home a championship to Cleveland again this year, because, uh, yeah, no, we looked phenomenal. I mean, our our win, like our win-loss in the preseason didn't really reflect that, but we played very, very, very I'm ready well. to bring home a Cleveland championship, like, in the next two weeks. Yeah. yeah, but Ooh. I like I like that train of thought. I like that train of thought. Uh, for me, it was nice to see uh, Evan Mobley back on the court against the Magic. He played 16 minutes, had eight points, two rebounds, and two assists <laughs> in his return. And then another thing, Isaac Okoro played very well in the preseason. He went six for seven shooting with 17 points against the Magic, and he made seven of his nine shots with 16 points against the Hawks. I was really impressed with Isaac Okoro's game. Mitchell, he filled it up, but his field goal percentage could have been better in the preseason. And then another interesting note is that Garland, Mitchell, Allen, and Mobley didn't play a minute together as a unit on the court, so it'll be interesting to see what that looks like to start the season. Final predictions for the Cavs seed in the East, though, guys. Pat, you had the Cavs very high. I have us going two this season. That's incredible. Logan, what do you think? I have the Cavs. I have them at three. Three? All right. I see the 76ers, Bucks, and Heat ahead of the Cavs and potentially the Nets or Celtics finishing ahead of them as well. I think a four to six range makes a lot of sense for the Cavs, but I'm optimistic. So I'll say the Cavs finish fourth in the Eastern Conference this year. And as I said, we're tipping off this week on the road at Toronto on Wednesday and then at Chicago for our second game. What do you guys think of our first week of play? And do you think we're going to go 2-0, 1-1, 0-2? What do you think? 2-0. I would also say 2-0. I think that the Cavs are primed for a strong start. All right. Toronto is a team that has talented player, Talented players, but they are really... There really aren't anything special to me 
the Toronto they Raptors seem, team right now. They seem to kind of just stay the same every yeah. year. They had a bad first half of the season last year, and then they kind of heated up like the Celtics did, I believe. Chicago can be a great team as well if they can stay healthy. But to me, the Cavs could easily win both games. Both games. But since we haven't seen our group play together yet, I'll say we split the first two games on the road this season. But it's going to be fun to see the NBA tip off this week. Maybe we start an NBA Player of the Week segment now that baseball's fading mm. out. We'll see what happens here on Sports Power Talk. But before we go to break, we have Hot Mike questions to answer, guys. Yeah. Hey, by the Every, way, yeah. before we go to Hot Mike, oh, no. there are two games that the Cavs are guaranteed to lose this year. It's November 20th at home and January 31st Did in the 305. The the Do you root heat? against the Cavs when they're playing the Heat? When it's against the Heat, yeah. See, I don't root against the Cavs. Cavs Heat, Eastern Conference Finals. Game 7, it's knotted up. Who are you rooting for? Miami. Miami. Wow. You should see at least... Miami. I'm disappointed in you. At least... As your sports director, Logan... I'm disappointed in you. I'm Logan. What? (laughs) You act as if saying I'm Logan has any credibility to it. No, you said, hi, I'm disappointed in you. And I said, hi, disappointed in you. I'm Logan. Nice to meet you. (laughs) Good one. Good one. Let's get to our hot mic questions. Let's get some people way more important than Logan Congrove. Let's get to the listeners and your questions left for us on Twitter at WZIP Sports. We'll start with Jake Mernigot. Because we always love to start with Jake Mernigot. He asks, is Oscar Gonzalez the most clutch player on the Guardiac Kids? Yep. Yep. 100%. Right now, I would agree. Um, ultimately, it does go to Jose Ramirez, I feel like. But right now in the postseason, absolutely, Oscar Gonzalez is that guy. Next up, do you guys go golfing? And if you do, what's the best course around here? I do go golfing. And I I used to really like Firestone Country Club in Akron. I actually still really do, but I haven't played it as much lately. Um, but I really like Fox Den in Stowe. It's a great course, and I have a lot of fun every time I'm there, whether it's with my friends or my dad. It's a good course. Golfing's fun. I do go golfing as well. I have yet to go to a course up here, though. All right, I, uh, let's make that happen. If I had to, oh, I'm I'm 100. Jake Murna Goat, you so want to come? Down. No, I hate golfing. Oh, no. Jake Murna Goat. I didn't ask you, Jake. All right, all right, fair, fair. But uh, fair. I, I think my favorite. But you can come if you want. I think I think the best course no, I've ever played on is <laughs> the uh, the Springfield Country Club. I used to work at the Country Club uh, back in my hometown, and we host the uh, I think it's like the regional um, qualifier for the U.S. Open. So it's pretty cool Word. that we get to do that. And that course is beautiful. Also, Glen Ross and Columbus. I won't elaborate because I know we're on a time crunch right now. But yeah, I, Glen Ross, Columbus. I hate golfing, so no recommendations for me. Next, he says thoughts on the Ravens being the best team in the AFC North. Skip anything. Skip. 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 All right. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Last question from Jake Mernigo. What's the best kind of potato chip? Because why not? Probably. Man, I like any. This might be an unpopular opinion, but kettle-cooked yes. chips. I don't really oh, care yes. what the brand is, but those are fire. It's the texture. Honestly, it's just how crisp they are. Not a big potato chip too. guy. I like my Tostitos. That's where I go to every single time. Word. Next up, Respect. Leah Craig asks, who is your favorite athlete playing right now? Who is your favorite athlete of all time? My favorite athlete playing right now is Boy Wonder, Tyler Hero of the Miami Heat. No question. And of all time, I would probably say I would probably go with Booby Gibson. That dude was so fun in our when intro. I was a kid. Respect. In our show intro. Booby Gibson was awesome. Pat, go ahead. Don't say any Steelers players. I think my favorite athlete right now 
I'm going to give it to Johnny Gaudreau from the Jackets. Uh-huh. He is, you know, we, we are 0-3, but he has been playing very, very well. And he did get his first goal uh, in front of a sold-out crowd. So i got to go with Johnny Gaudreau right now. And all-time, listen, I know you're going to hate me for saying this, but this is all-time. This guy was my idol growing up, Ben Roethlisberger. That's a terrible idol. That is an awful idol, bro. Yeah, I feel bad. He, for you. I, I looked up to him growing up. I wanted to play football because of Big Ben, and he he was my quarterback for my entire life so far, up until this season. So I have to give I have to give it to Ben. Yeah, quickly, my favorite player right now is Baker Mayfield. I'm going to move off that very very fast. <laughs> yeah, run. Uh, my favorite athlete of all time. I'd either go with Joe Hayden, good one, or Grady Sizemore. Both great. Always looked up to those yeah, guys. Have Davis. their jerseys at home. Next, Cam four two nine. First, he says, how about them Guardiac kids? Not a question, but we appreciate it, Cam. Says, who are your worst five NFL teams right now? Okay, I I have my five. Go ahead, Pat. So, I have the Carolina Panthers, Houston Texans, the Indianapolis Colts, the... uh, I'm going to give it the Bengals, too, because I I don't think... Yes, they are... Better record wise than my team. No, but did you say the Steelers? And no, that that's that's my worst team. I I wasn't okay. there yet. Okay, no, okay. Like dead last worst team. No, this Steelers roster is the worst team that like this is the worst NFL roster of all time. I'll go through mine quickly too. I would say right now the worst teams in the NFL are the Atlanta Falcons, the Denver Broncos. You can clown me for that pick, but I can't stand watching them play football. Um, I would say the Steelers are in there, the Jaguars. And then my worst team in the whole league with the worst quarterback in the whole league is Baker Mayfield and the Carolina Panthers. He lost the starting Baker, Baker, interception maker, sack maker, injury maker. Terrible. You Awful. done? You done? I'm done now. Okay, cool. My, <laughs> my worst five teams, Panthers, Falcons, Lions, Commanders, Steelers. Those are my five in... No particular order, but those are my top five worst teams. Next up, favorite car brand. I don't really have it one, unless you guys do. Audi. All right. Mm, I think if I had to go with like a favorite one like for a dream car, like probably a Pagani. All right. Those are pretty cool. Cam also says, what few teams, regardless of sport, have been the most consistently loudest fan base in the game? Ooh, Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead. Yeah, I'm, I got to say the, the Chiefs for sure. I think the Guardians. We're pretty loud. We're a pretty loud fan base, and then I'm gonna get. I'm gonna be a homer on this one too. But the Steelers, when you are at Heinz Field, it is very, very loud, regardless of winning or losing. Yeah, I'll, I'll say the Guardians too. Progressive Field is always rocking, and then yeah, the Chiefs isn't a bad pick as well. So I like those picks. Next up, Cam. Thoughts on poor primetime NFL game slate? Pathetic. They got to fix that. There, there needs to be much better consideration for primetime games. I don't really care. I know Thursday night football is considered kind of the worst night of football, whether it's Thursday, Sunday, or Monday, but come on, you got to do better than that. There's been one good Thursday night game, and that was the Steelers-Browns game. No. That was the only remotely watchable Nobody game. Nobody cares still, to watch the Bears and the Commanders. That was still yeah. Mitch versus Jacoby. I mean, it yeah. wasn't anything it, special. Yeah. But. Next next up, though, Matt Permuka, I want one word answer. That's all I want. If Bob Costas was your grandfather, would you put him in a nursing home by this point? One word, Pat. Yep. Yep. I say yes as well. <laughs> Next up, Miss Mick Slaps. A new question asker here on Hot Mike. What are the worst collegiate football teams in your opinion? There's only one, and it's the Akron Zips. And personal opinion, the Electric Chickens, just because I don't like them. 
Yeah, no, I'm going to definitely say it's like Colorado State and then us. Like, we are the worst program in the nation. I am very distraught. Guaranteed we're the worst program statistically. I'm so, I'm just beat down at this point. Yeah, I agree with you guys, Akron, as well. Last question that we have time for in Hot Mike before we go to break. Mix laps, most interesting place you've gone on vacation to? Uh, Sanibel, and I only say that because it's really sad that it's completely destroyed now, so... Thoughts go out to everybody that lives there and has property there. That's terribly unfortunate, and I love that place. Yeah, uh, I'd say Brazil. I've gone to Brazil Ooh. a few times. I have friends down there, and I know they tune in and listen. So, shout out Nick, Kacha, Marcelo. I know you guys are <laughs> listening. My Brazilian family. I hope to be down there again soon. So I don't really have an, a crazy answer like you guys do. I've been to Orlando a few times, so I'll probably just go with Orlando, Florida, as my best place I've gone on vacation to. And that'll do it for our NBA and Hot Mike segment on today's Fourth Power Talk. I hope you enjoyed Logan and I's banter. It was fun. I'll shake your hand. Well, I'll non-physically shake your hand right now. Good argument, Jake. Yeah, and I still kind of want to open the door and kind of just throw you out, but it's okay. All right, Baker. It's all right. It's all right. We'll, We'll talk about the NFL when we return from break, talk about Browns news, get into Browns Patriots, and also... Predict every single game on the slate for today in our NFL Pickums to end today's show. You don't want to miss out. This is Sports Power Talk. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the best sports talk show there is, was, and ever will be. This is Sports Power Talk. My name is Jake Marin, the host of this very show. And I'm joined by two analysts. First, Pat Weber. I'm stuck in an endless loop of horrible football, and I can't get away from it. And I'm so happy about that. And second, Mr. Evil Logan Congro. Yo! Your audio levels, man. Screaming into the mic today. Leave me alone, Jake. Eh, we'll see. About it. We'll see. <laughs> it depends on how this NFL segment goes. We'll see how it goes. Let's get into it, though. Before we get to Browns Patriots, before we get to over-unders, before we get to NFL Pick'ems. Let's talk about some NFL officiating and rule changes because who doesn't love that conversation on a good old Sunday morning at 1235? Yes, sir. Let's talk about thoughts on the new concussion protocols. So concern it concerns ataxia, the medical term for poor muscle control associated with concussions. It can be displayed as slurred speech or unsteadiness. And if a player shows any signs of ataxia, then regardless if they clear concussion protocols or not, they are not allowed to go back into the game. What do you guys make on these new concussion protocols? I like them. I think that this is long overdue because I mean, I know it was made because of what happened to Tua, but still, we've seen too many players get concussions and it ruins their careers. The one thing I want to know, though, is you implement these rules and yet Tua is going to be starting next week. Like, he's, he cleared protocols, quote-unquote, and he will be starting next week for the Dolphins. So I you think that's know, too early? I don't think he should be playing another... I don't think he should play another football game, personally. I mean, he took two wow. ridiculous hits, two very bad concussions. I mean, the second one, he was on the ground, not moving. And you're just going to be like, oh, yeah, he's fine. He can play. He could die. Like, he's been advised by, like, health professionals to never play another football game. And the Dolphins are still going to start him. Like, he could die playing for this team. So I just don't get it. Yeah, it was definitely a terrible sight to see on that Thursday night football game. Logan, what are your thoughts on the new concussion protocols? I would also agree that I like them. It needs to be tighter. 
And I just think that the amount of concussions this year is absurdly abnormal. And it's good that they're finally realizing that because I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie Concussion, but I watched that in my psychology class in high school. And it's just crazy, especially, I mean, not to like out a specific player, but CTE is definitely real if anybody's been paying attention to Antonio Brown the past year and a half. He has not been the same since there are vid- concussion from Von There Von are videos of Antonio Brown being the most normal person alive before that hit. And now he is acting a fool constantly. And if you want to know, just go to his Twitter. It's his really, Twitter just sum, it sums it up. And recently, everybody's been blaming it on CTE and perfect hit. And I think that's true. And that is a direct relation from concussions. So it's good that the NFL is finally he was, realizing that. He, he had no problems at all. At all, like with the organization, with his teammates, with anything before he got hit by Vontez Perfect. He got hit by Vontez Perfect. Next thing you know, he's try- he's stirring up toxicity in the Steelers' locker room. He's trashing on all of his teammates. He eventually gets the trade that he wants, then has a fight with the Raiders' management over a helmet that he wants to wear. So they trade him again, and then he has, I think, what was it, like... Uh, Misconduct uh, accusations that put him out for a while. Got signed by the Patriots. Released within a week because of more accusations and allegations coming out. Signs with the Buccaneers. Is then accused of cheat of having Tom Brady's wife cheat on Brady with him. Wins a ring. Doesn't get signed again. And then he's just on Twitter like in, and he's just running everything. And it's I, I don't. It's just it. It's not normal. It's not normal at all. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you guys. Uh, Especially ataxia. Hopefully I'm getting the pronunciation of that medical term correct. But if a player has slurred speech or if they're unsteady like Tua was in that game against the Bills. Yeah, that first game. Take you, them out of the you game. Have, like, protect, protect the players from their from themselves. You know, a football player wants to play regardless of the circumstance. I mean, Miles Garrett probably could have played against the Falcons after that car crash. But there comes a point where organizations, teams, coaches, perhaps it's the entire NFL – it's a needs to protect the players from themselves, and I think that these concussion protocols are a step in the right mm-hmm. direction for that. Other officiating and rule changes, though, are roughing the passer calls. Thoughts on roughing the passer calls in Week Five, Week Five, gentlemen. Uh, we have the Falcons Grady Jarrett call on Tom Brady. Tom Brady also Chiefs. I agree. Also, Chiefs Chris Jones on Patrick Mahomes. Thankfully, neither player was fined by the NFL, but the NFL is reportedly not backing down on these calls either, according to Adam Schefter. So, what do you guys think about roughing the passer? It's ridiculous. Some of these calls, it's like you can't even breathe on the quarterback and you get a flag thrown. First of all, Tom Brady, with him, he just needs to grow up. He needs to grow up. He is being a baby. He needs to grow up. Yes, you're going to get hit. You're a football player. You've been in the league for 20 years. Take a hit. You don't have to complain about every time somebody touches you after you throw the ball that it should be roughing the passer. Grow up. I think that goes for all quarterbacks. Like, you're going to get hit. It's football. I understand that, yes, you're the most valuable player on that field because you're leading the offense, you're leading your team. But at the end of the day, you're going to take a hit. So grow up. The NFL needs to stop babying the quarterbacks. Like, look in college. These quarterbacks are getting rocked. And then you go to the NFL and you lay one finger on them and it's done. You're done. Yeah. It makes no sense. I'm all about player safety, but the roughing the passer calls seem to be going out of hand. Any thoughts on that, Mr. Congrove? I would agree they're getting out of hand. That those I was the second one on Derek Carr that they called. Who was the there was the it Tom was Brady the one. one on Derek Carr? Yeah, okay. Chris Jones. Yes. Yeah. This, so 
those were two of the worst roughing the passer calls I've ever Not seen. Not to mention Tom Brady kicked the Falcons player. I think it was what? Grady Jarrett? Or yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah Grady them. Jarrett committed the foul Daniel. on Tom Brady. Chiefs Chris Jones committed the foul on Derek Carr. That and is... Brady, Brady kicked Grady Jarrett. So I just want to say he kicked him because he was mad. So And Brady rightfully got fined for that. Those, yeah. those calls are just not for me, man. That's embarrassing for the league. I agree. And we'll see what happens in the future of the roughing the passer call. Hopefully they can work on something. But, but like I said, they're reportedly not backing down on them. So we'll see what happens there. Let's get into the Cleveland Browns. Before we get into Browns Patriots, just some general news out of the Browns this week. First, unfortunately, I have to talk about Deshaun Watson. As yet another woman, a licensed massage therapist, is now accusing Watson of sexual misconduct. According to Cammie Justi- Justice, as part of an agreement, Watson is not subject to further discipline for any alleged personal conduct policy violations that allegedly occurred before his settlement. The NFL also released a statement saying Watson's status remains unchanged. He is back with the team, but he's still unable to practice until November. Any thoughts on Deshaun Watson's new lawsuit? I'm not talking about this stuff anymore with this guy. It, <laughs> we've talked about it before. Like I don't, I don't even like making comments about any of it. But I just don't respect the guy. I really don't. I, I have nothing to say about that either. I mean, we we talked about it for months, and it's like I don't want to be like another one popped up, but like it kind of did, and it's like. What what more can what more can we say that hasn't already been said? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, well said, Pat. I'll I'll leave it at this. Um, my mood after Browns games this year has been very odd to me, and I don't know if it's something that Logan you have experienced because I know Pat you're a Steelers fan, but after Browns games we lose games. I'm upset for maybe ten minutes, like when Jacoby Brissett throws fourth quarter interceptions. Yeah, I get upset about that, but I'm not screaming i'm not letting that game affect my mood for my entire sunday yet alone my entire week like it used to my personal connection to the browns by this deshaun watson trade has been affected a lot and like i was worried that what's going on with my sports fandom right now and last night was a perfect example of hey it's still there with the cleveland guardians because after oscar gonzalez had that two-run single in the night to win the game the emotions came out of me like crazy. I tear up just thinking about it. I cried when it happened. I listened to Guardians theme songs on the way home from work last night into the station today. And that emotion as a sports fan was fantastic for me to feel again because of what Oscar Gonzalez did. And for me, that that connection just has not been with the Browns at all this season. It definitely, I still get annoyed by Browns games, but I've decided that I, I just cannot continue to allow that to ruin the the rest of my day, regardless of when they're playing. Like normally, I'm usually working on Sundays recently, and I'll I'll like periodically check the score, and you know everybody else at work is watching the score as well, and I just like don't let it frustrate me anymore. Like I'll look at the score and see that they're losing. I'm like, oh, time to go sell this guy a T-shirt because I don't care. Yeah, I feel like, like I just don't. For me, I'm, I'm not a Browns fan, but I kind of get what you guys are saying. Like I feel like. I'm uh, everybody knows I'm a very diehard Steelers fan, but I feel like this year the only game I actually watched and I cared about oh. was the Bengals game to start the season. Every game past that, I haven't really like. I look and I see we're losing and we're getting blown out. And I'm like, whatever. It, it's cool. I hate Matt Canada. I go on my little rant in our group chat about Matt Canada with Casey, and then I'm done. So, 
here's a tweet from Adam Scheffner just about five minutes ago, and this is so Cleveland Browns. You guys are going to laugh, I promise. Bill Belichick is one win shy of 324, which would tie George Hallis for second most all-time. Patriots now on a three-game stretch at Cleveland, which fired Belichick versus Chicago, Hallis's former team, and the Jets, a team Belichick almost coached. History awaits in one of those three games. And you know what? I have a feeling it's going to be the Cleveland Browns today. Listen, as long as the Yankees lose, I don't think Cleveland has anything to worry about. Yeah. I completely agree with you guys. Uh, some of the frustration this year for the Browns has been directed at Cade York and the defense, though. Hmm. So quickly before we get into Browns, Patriots, and Keys and over and unders, what do you guys think of Cade York and the defense? I said it off air, and I'll say it again, that Cade York is the worst kicker in the AFC North. Ooh, I don't and know about that, that. Just, But he's a rookie, so you can't get too mad at him. And as for the defense, it's not the defense's fault. It's Joe Wood's fault. See, but I'm going to agree with Matt Permuka on this one. What does firing Joe Woods do right now? I can't stand Joe Woods, but okay, yeah, fire him. You think we're just going to redo our entire defensive scheme right now in the middle of the season? No, they're just going to be worse because no, the then they don't have a coach. But the play calling would be a lot better than what it is. But you is it? Have to change he's not scheme, even the one calling the plays. plays. It's Stefanski. So okay, well, then if that's maybe the case. Wrong with then. If it, he's making the if I, he's making these botched play calls. Then. I've been saying that for weeks. I don't think Stefanski is the right head coach for our team. I just don't. I don't he think anybody on our staff season. right now is the be- except our running backs coach. I forget his name. His name. Oh, I forget it. It was just on the news the other day. But our running back coach is a, is a cool dude. But the rest of our coaching staff is like, just not fit right now. I don't have a lot of room right to now. talk because I'm not a Browns Mark, fan, so anything I say could be like, oh, I just don't like the Browns, but that's not it. I genuinely don't think Stefanski's that great of a coach. He had one good season. Like, realistically, he had one really, really standout season, and the Browns immediately jumped on, that was your guy. But is he really your guy? I, I'm still with Stefanski. I think the play calling this year has mostly been fine. And for the defense, I agree. Joe Woods should be gone at least after this season. And I also agree with you, Logan and Matt, saying, hey, what good does it do for us right now in the middle of a season? And hopefully Cade York fixes it, gets it together. He has not been good at home this season in Cleveland, but we spent a fourth-round pick on him. So hopefully it turns out in the long run. Let's talk Browns-Patriots, though. Denzel Ward and Jadavion Clowney were rolled out. Greedy Williams is set to debut. But, guys, three three keys to the game for a Browns win. Logan, go ahead. Uh, Cade York's got to make his kicks. We need to have better defensive play calling and run Nick Chubb for the millionth time. Run Nick Chubb. That's all. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to go with number one, run the ball. Because, A, my fantasy team could really use the points (laughs) because I have Nick Chubb. But run the ball. You have arguably this season the best running back in the league. So run the ball with Nick Chubb. Nobody can stop him. He's getting six, seven yards every carry. I also agree with Cade York. He needs to be more accurate. I understand that he is a rookie, so, you know, maybe not the guy you want to lean on all the time, but he does need to shape up. And I think another one is stopping Matt Judon because he is one of the most dominant rushers in the game. So shutting him down will be a key. I have forced Zappy to beat you. Ramondre Stevenson should have a great game on the ground, but if we can limit him in big big moments and force Bailey Zappy to beat us, then I like our chances. Next, I protect the football late. Brissett has thrown an interception in the the fourth quarter in weeks two, four, and five. The Browns have lost all three of those games by a combined six points, and that's simply not winning football. And lastly, at least play hard in the red zone. Our defense was miserable last week, so while I'd love to see them bounce back in a big way, 
against a third-string quarterback. I'm not too optimistic that they will. All I ask is that they at least play with some intensity in the red zone, maybe force some turnovers, but at least give up three points instead of seven. Before we get to NFL pickums, over, under, for the Browns, you guys know what we like to do. Over and under game. I create the over and unders. You guys let me know what you think. First, Browns defense gives up over under 25 points. We've given up 25 points per game this season. Uh, I'm going to go under because I don't think the Patriots offense is going to be as good this game. I'll go under. I'm going to go under as well. Hopefully, a third-string quarterback won't beat us today. Next, Nick Chubb runs for over under 118 yards. He's averaging 118.6 per game this year. Over. Over. Over 100%. Over. Going to go over as well. 120 should be a piece of cake for Nick Chubb. Next, the running back for the opposition, Ramondre Stevenson, runs for over under 75 yards. 74.4 is his average per game so far. Over. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over. I think the Patriots' offense is really going to rely on the run game. Next, I have two over-unders for Jacoby Brissett. First, throws over-under 212 yards. Again, 212 is his average per game. Mm. I'm going to go... I'm going to go under. I'll go, game. I'll go under as well. I'm going to go over. I really have some hope that the Browns offense will get things together today. And I think 212 is an achievable uh, yardage to get for Jacoby Brissett through the air. Next up, pains me to say this one, but Jacoby Brissett throws over under a half of an interception in the fourth quarter. Over. 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 I'm going to say under. I have faith that he's not going to do what he has done in three games so far this year. Next, and last one, Cade York misses over under a half of a field goal. Obviously, he hasn't been good at home. He struggled lately. What do you think? It's very windy today, so I'm going to probably have to go over. I'm going to go over. Because yeah. regardless of the wind, he struggled. I'm yeah. going to go over as well. Pays me to say that, but hopefully Katie Orr can get it together in Cleveland today. Now it is time for Week 6 NFL Pick'ems. We'll start with the 1 o'clock games. We'll start with the Baltimore Ravens on the road taking on the 4-1 and one New York Giants. I got the Giants in this one. They have been dominant this season. I'm going to go with the Giants, too. And I just really hate the Ravens. So Yeah, I'll never <laughs> pick them, but I do think the Giants have a better chance to win. The Ravens have been better on the road this year. I like the Ravens visiting the Giants. I could see Saquon Barkley getting it done for New York, but I ultimately think Baltimore has a better squad, so I'm going to go with the Ravens. Next up, Jaguars at Colts. I'm going to go with the Jags in this game. I just don't think Matt Ryan is that great. I'm going to go with the Jaguars as well. James Robinson will have a nice game for them. Yeah, I think the Jaguars are a sneaky team in the AFC. They're not very consistent, but when they're at their best, I really think that they can perform well Plus the in Jaguars, the AFC. the Jaguars have dominated the Colts the past few years that, as well. So. Yeah, that they have. They're on the road going to Indy, but I still like the Jags. Next up, Bengals at Saints, a pair of two and three teams battling it off at one. Give me the big easy in this one. I'm taking the Saints. Yeah, I'll go with the Saints as well, even though they have, I believe, a third-string quarterback starting today. Oof. I'm Wait. going Andy Dalton. They have Andy Dalton Andy starting Dalton. today. Oh, he Andy back? Dalton's going to go off. There was, I saw team. somebody else. They must have. He must have. That's on me. I missed that then. I think Schefter tweeted out that if Dalton has a good game, they might bench Winston. I could definitely I could, see I that. I could see that because Andy Dalton's not a Andy bad Andy Dalton is definitely not a bad starting quarterback. This one's a tough one for me to pick. I'm ultimately going with the Cincinnati Bengals, though. 
I think they're more talented. Joe Shiesty wore his LSU championship jersey to the game today. That's pretty cool. He's in a mood. I'm going to go with Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Next, Buccaneers at Steelers. Pat, your Steelers are going to lose today, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't even expect us to get a touchdown. We are missing our entire defense for this game. That's what I like to hear. Purely... <laughs> Purely because of that comment, I'm going to go with the Steelers losing Minka as well. Patrick is out. The, our three best corners are out. Cameron Hayward is questionable. TJ Watt is still not playing. Uh, and we still have the worst quarterback in the NFL draft. I'm still very upset about that pick. I hate Kenny Pickett. You're down bad. I want Kenny and Pickett. I absolutely love it. Why can't Kenny Pickett get it to a concussion so he doesn't have to play anymore? Oof. I mean that. I wouldn't put, go that far. At this, point, at this point, put Chris Aludicon in the game. Put that. Chris Aludicon in the game. Put Chris Aludicon mm. in the game. I'm, I'm done. I, Mitch has made me mad. He, he's done. Kenny Pickett, I never liked him to begin with. Get him out of there. Bring on the man from South Dakota State today. Please. I'm going with the Buccaneers. Next, 49ers-Falcons. 49ers, definitely. Jimmy G's on fire. Yeah, 49ers. Yep, I like the 49ers as well on the road. Next up, Jets at Packers, both 3-2. and two. Blowout Packers. Packers blow out the Jets, definitely. Give me the Jets in Ooh. this game. I think that Sauce Gardner is going to win Rookie of the Year. I think Defensive the, Rookie of the Year. He is outstanding. I think the Packers bounce back from their loss in London last week to the Giants. I like the Packers at home against New York. Next, the Vikings, who are 4-1, and one, going on the road to take on the Dolphins, who are 3-2, and two, still without Tunga Tungavaloa, obviously. Logan, I'll go to you first. Uh, I'm going to give it to the Dolphins. I think Ooh. the Dolphins can pull it out. No way. I'm giving it yeah. to the Vikings because the Dolphins are on a third-string quarterback. Right Doesn't now. matter. I think that the Dolphins uh, That does kind of matter. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. I don't think Tyreek Hill's playing either. He got injured. Jalen Waddle. Without yeah, Tua, Waddle, if Tyreek Hill's not playing, I need to hop on fantasy right quick. Well, go ahead and check that for it. Go ahead and check for that. So. Let's actually make that a thing if he is or is not playing. Regardless, though, I'm going with the Vikings. Tua's out. I don't like the Dolphins at home right now. Vikings, they've been playing very well. They're 4-1. and one. They use Tyreek Dalvin Hill Cook. is active. Okay, He's active. Mind. Okay. I'm still going to give it to the Vikings, though. Yeah, Dalvin Cook, they used him very well last year. They had the wide receivers I, or last week. I like the Vikings on the road here. Let's go to the 405 games. Panthers on the road at the Rams. Just go ahead and say Rams. We'll move on. Yep. Rams. Okay. Rams. Rams. All right. Yeah. I'm going to the Rams as well. Panthers without Baker Mayfield and Baker Baker interception Baker, Baker. Baker might actually have a chance. Yeah, for real. PJ Walker's better than him. Facts. All right. Uh, Anybody's better than Baker Mayfield. Fifteen point eight QBR. Take, move on. I'll take Terry Bradshaw at, in his current age right now over Baker Mayfield. I have the Rams. Let's move on from that conversation. Next 405 game, Seahawks hosting the Cardinals. Seahawks. I believe in Geno. Yeah, I'm going to go Seahawks as well. Well, Yeah, I'm going Seahawks as well. I trust Geno. Kyler's been all over the place. He also has no people to throw the ball to. I like Seattle. The only 425 game. I think it should be a primetime game. Bills at Chiefs, Bills. both 4-1. and one. Bills. Big the game, Bills. The but... Bills. Ah, this is tough. It's the Bills. It's I want to pick the Bills, game, the Bills, but I want to pick against Pat, so I'm going to go with the Chiefs. No way. It has to be the Bills. I'm going with the Bills. I think it's going to be really, really close. Did you not see what Josh Allen did, like the third play of the game last week? Josh I Allen's saw, the best hmm. quarterback in the NFL right now. They're winning the Super Bowl, but they're not winning this game. They're definitely winning this game. 
I'm sorry, but it's going it's to happen. I like the Bills over the Chiefs. I think they get revenge from last year's postseason. And I just, I like the Bills on the road. I mean, the Chiefs might be able to get done. Both teams are incredible when they are playing at their best. I think it's going to be a great game. But I'm ultimately siding with Buffalo. And then 8-20 Sunday night football. Cowboys, who are 4-1 on the road, taking on the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. Who do you like? I'm going to take the Cowboys in this one because Cooper Rush has not lost a game as a starter. Cooper Rush is better than Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott's overrated and overpaid, and he should not be an NFL starter. That's a terrible take, Logan. That is not a terrible take. I'm taking the Eagles. They they don't lose in their home stadium like that. Not in those big matchups, and Cooper Rush is not better than Dak Prescott. He's bro. definitely better than Dak Prescott. I'm worried about the Dallas defense, but I agree with you, Logan. I'm going with the Eagles at home. Now for our most important picks, Monday Night Football, Broncos at Chargers. Chargers. Give me L.A. Chargers, man. The yeah. Broncos, I said the, in my list that the Broncos are one of the worst teams in the NFL. Definitely been a disappointment so far this year. I'm going with the Chargers as I'm well. I'm tired of them let Russ cook. Broncos country, <laughs> let's ride. Yeah. Ride what? Last up, Patriots at Browns kicking off in about a minute and a half. Who do you guys like? You know I took the Patriots in the pick so I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to go with the Patriots. Got to stay consistent with my Twitter pick as well. I did take the Patriots. I got the first Browns pick correct this year. Last week, I'm hoping to make it two in a row. I'm going with the Browns at home. I think they're going to be better than the Patriots today. Hopefully the defense shows up, and hopefully they run the ball with Chubb. Hopefully we don't have a turnover in the fourth quarter as well. All right, that will do it. For the October 16th edition of Sports Power Talk, we talked about college football with the Akron Zips, the Guardians postseason run with last night's instant classic, the NBA as the Cavs tip off this Wednesday, and of course, all things NFL with Week 6 kicking off here shortly. Any last thoughts on today's show, gentlemen? Yes, sir. To my Walsh Jesuit Women's women's Soccer Team going into the tournament, let's keep it going. Bring home the Golden Columbus. Brandon Cobb, please trade me A.J. Brown and Kenneth Walker III, Virgin Mar Chase. You know what to do, and let's go Heat. Go Cavs, go Zips. Logan, Arsenal runs the Premier League. I want you to know that. Liverpool is trash. False. Hot, hot trash. False. uh, Mbappe. (laughs) You're doing better. Uh, You've been in my thoughts and prayers for the entire week, so I hope you're doing better. Um, Shout out my parents. I know they're listening back home. Looking forward to coming home in a few weeks. Very heartfelt message there from Pat. For me, I actually couldn't care less about the Browns and Cavs right now. Let's go, Guardians, tonight. Let's put an end to the New York Yankees and let's storm through the rest of the postseason. I would run through a brick wall for the Guardians right now, I believe, in our Guardiac kids. As always, for more WZIP Sports content, follow us on Twitter at WZIP Sports. You'll find fantasy football scoreboards, hot mic NFL pickums, updates, and so much more. Also, check out our podcast, SBT Rewind and SBT Overtime. Thousand downloads. All streaming da- streaming platforms. Yes, Rewind just hit a thousand downloads this week. So thank you all for the support. Rewind hit that download mark. And also, Overtime, Alex and I have a new episode back starting tomorrow on Overtime, dropping tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Don't miss that. And stay tuned to WZIP after the show as Entertainment is back on these airwaves. Premiering at 1 p.m. will be Entertainment Rebooted. A quick shout-out goes out to Isabel, Saba, and Natalie for their hard work on that. Joining me on today's show were... Patrick Weber. Logan Congrove. My name is Jake Murren. Be kind to one another. And WZIP Sports will be back next week, same time and place, 
for more sports power talk on 881 WZIP.